From Bozier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Welcome, everyone, to this special edition of the Grouch and the Brainstorm. So, today, with me, I have my usual, Matt. What's up? All right, Matt's here. And we have a special guest today, and our special guest has one year of recovery today, one year of sobriety, 365 days ago. This gentleman uh, came into the lives of many of us who attend AA meetings on a regular basis and just uh, has, has, we have seen the change and sure, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And his level of recovery, you know, strictly depends on him and how he takes to the program. But I've seen the change. Matt has seen the change. Many people that we talk to in the rooms of AA has seen the change. But, you know, for me to do and to tell his story is is not going to happen today. What we're going to do today is we're going to visit with Chris C. from the Koala Club on his one-year recovery date. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, man. Welcome, man. Glad you're here. Um, so why don't you just get introduce yourself and then me and matt will ask a couple questions and give you plenty of time to talk about uh you all right well i'm uh i'm chris and i am an alcoholic uh, i'm 37 years old i'm married four children three girls one boy and uh you see i'm coming up on 20 years of service here june 6th uh, so i actually going through that retirement transition if you will and uh eventually transitioning into the civilian world so um, you know, happy birthday to me. Whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I didn't think that, uh, I didn't think that I'd make it this far, but it's, it's been a, it's been a great day to be sober. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, I was a little drained. I've got a, a bodybuilding competition coming up next Saturday, the 20th and, uh, right here in Shreveport. And, uh, so kind of spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, just been completely drained, but Today, I, I seem to have picked up a second wind, uh, and I think that hit somewhere around 2 a.m. when I woke up, yeah. but uh, it's been good. So That's what time Mike went to bed, you know, <laughs> 2 a.m. A <laughs> little bit before 2, yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, 365 days, um, that's a long time, and one week, one day is a long time for a lot of people. Do you feel... Physically, do you feel different now than you did 365 days ago? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, just night and day. Can you compare the two? Somewhat. Um, you know, a year ago, I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to make it to the next day. I didn't know that there was a uh, world away from alcohol. Yeah. Um, that one day at a time stuff just really. I'd never lived that one day at a time. It was always uh, unrealistic expectations. I said, well, I could do it for a month. I can do it for a week. And I, I never could. Um, so uh, compared to a year ago to, to where I am now, is is just night and day. So I, I can feel it uh, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything, uh, as I previously discussed. How did you hear about Alcoholics Anonymous? Well, my, my mother-in-law had actually attended the Koala Club many, 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 many years ago. And uh, and she was telling me about uh, the Koala Club. I had heard about it through a co-worker uh, that's also in the program with us. 
Um, and, and he's actually been to the Koala Club a few times. Um, but uh, between my mother-in-law and my wife, looking up locations in comparison to where we live uh, out in Houghton, you know, this was the closest place. And, you know, it's just real convenient right off the interstate kind of deal. So this was my this was actually uh, my first AA meeting ever. So it was at the Koala Club. Was that one year ago today? That was, well, 11 months ago. Uh, the day I got out of uh, treatment, uh, I came to the Koala Club. Where'd you go to treatment? Uh, Brentwood, University of Brentwood. Fine university. Well, I can, <laughs> as many times as I went, I call it the, the Brentwood bed and breakfast. Yeah, My mom good. asked me that after listening to the first few podcasts. She goes, Mike went to a bed and breakfast. I was like, eh, yeah, kind of, kind of. But there was bed, there was breakfast, there was sedatives. <laughs> yes. A lot of, a lot of shower shoes, shower <laughs> shoes. If you got them, if you got them. So, um, so let me ask you this, Chris. So let's go back a year or go back as far as you need to. Where was, where was the decision in your mind or, or where did it start for you? Was, I'm sure it was more than a year ago. Where did you along the path from teenager or whatever it was? go man i'm at this may be an issue for me and like where did you kind of that thought start rattling around a little bit well even into early adulthood i uh i had never really been uh, a drinker uh it just it didn't it didn't really appeal to me um and uh, you know i i did a, a little bit of dabbling here and there but it was more so when people would turn their head i'd pour it out because i just didn't like the taste of it and that was just beer I never really got into liquor until uh, later on, but I remember coming home from my first appointment, and there were these 55-gallon trash cans filled with to the brim with, you know, Bud Light and Coors and Miller and Budweiser, and uh, I had this old crusty Sergeant Major, probably been in 40 years, and everybody's drinking, having a good time. Just got back from, you know, deployment to Iraq, and uh, and he asked me, well, "Why aren't you drinking, son?" And I said. I'm not old enough. I'm, I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> he said, bullshit. You're a war hero now. You know, so he opened up my first beer. And I, I remember taking a drink. And I couldn't stand it. I, I honestly couldn't. And uh, when he turned his head, I, I, I poured it out. But, you know, as the as the years started going on, it was a couple more years, two, probably two or three more years after that. Um, you know, it was just the gateway to everything. Every time there was a hangout or a get-together or a promotion or a going-away deal, it was just – Alcohol was always involved, so it was almost like I, uh, I tried to force myself to drink, and uh, until I finally found that one choice beverage for me, which was Budweiser, um, which later on I, I come to come to realize my biological father that was his choice of drink. Hmm. So was Budweiser? Oh, it was Budweiser absolutely. Wow. Matter of fact, first time I met him, I was uh, I was eighteen, and it was prior uh, to to deploying, and it was kind of on my bucket list to meet this guy. And uh remember I called him up in the phone book and uh, drove over there. And uh, it was him and his uh, late wife, grandson, and, uh, and a couple of friends over there. I remember I had my mother with me. And uh, we're sitting around, and it was just awkward, awkward silence. And uh, Dad asked me, would you like a beer? And I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> you know, so everybody just starts pulling out all these Budweiser's everywhere. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. You know, um, 
but that was then, you know, that was, that was, it was a long time ago. It was nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. So, so from the onset of, uh, the, the alcoholic drinking, you know, drinking constantly done until you found recovery. Um, how long was that? Oof. Good 17 years at least. So you were out there for about 17 oh, years yeah. just riding the, absolutely riding the lightning. Absolutely. When, when along the way did it go from, because I think we all had that, that's, that's, alcohol is such a funny thing because it's, it was an icebreaker at an important right. thing in your life and it kind of saved the day, you know, sort of. Yep. And so we have this weird relationship with alcohol because it, it's helped us in the past and oh, I think yeah. it does with most people, but, um, where did it become? Where did you feel like, hey, this is kind of slipping away here? Like maybe I'm overdoing this, or was there something like that? A moment yeah, like that? Yeah, uh, you know, and and I can't really ring a bell on exactly when that was, but I can tell you, my uh, my my oldest daughter is twelve; she'll be thirteen here in a few weeks, and you know, so probably um, shortly, probably around one or two, you know, is when you know I started dipping off in a liquor pretty bad. And, uh, you know, it's just completely uncontrollable. Um, it, at that point it wasn't, I had to have it on a daily basis. Uh, but it was more so when I get my hands on it, uh, it wasn't really, uh, dependable, uh, or I didn't depend on it at the time, but, uh, I was, I was, I didn't really have that chance to really go out and do the partying thing. Cause I was in the military at an early age and, uh, you know, and I really, we, we really wanted children at an early age, but I was actually, I was the firstborn of, uh, of, of three of us, me and my two younger sisters. And, uh, and I wanted to be the first one to have a child, but I was the last one. I was 25 when I had my first one. So, um, but it, it really didn't become a problem until, you know, probably two, three years old, you know, my oldest. So about nine years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And I was, I was, you know, kind of like you, I was riding that for about 11 years, you know, so I, I get that. And, you know, did you see a progression? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is, it's just life was getting thrown at me. Um, you know, different scenarios. Uh, uh, I, I didn't pick up on it at the time, but over the years, uh, different stressors and life events. Um, when, when things got too tough and I wanted to run away, that's when, the alcohol consumption was was definitely increased. Yeah, increased a great yeah. deal. And it becomes almost you depend on it instead oh, yeah. of just an occasional yeah. blow off steam, you know. So well, I would imagine with recovery, you know, in the past year, there's been some stressors. Oh yeah. You didn't run away. No, no. I had to you know, I always thought that uh willpower was the key and uh and motivation, but those are, to me, have expiration dates. Sure. And so in recovery, discipline is what I've had to focus on. When 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 all else failed, it was discipline. So, you know, you're, you know, I say this, but Chris is is you're the second competitive bodybuilder that we've had. You know, my co-host is is also a competitive bodybuilder. And I am. I just uh, well, nobody <laughs> ever competes against me in my category, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, actually, me and Matt fall into the same category. We our, don't like to brag. Our competitions just never cross. Yeah, no, I, just, I, I knew you guys existed. We're in a different just, class, if that, you will. That's right. You know, that's right. of Wake body. 
you know, what time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, four. Normally, normally four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Leave by four thirty. Um, and this last the last few weeks have been a little tough, uh, just because. You know, it just throws your scheduling way off. It's you're doing fasted cardio for 45 minutes to an hour, focusing on abs, and then you know, trying to get to the office by seven and get a workout in around lunch. And then you know, if you missed anything, you're trying to go in the evening, try to hit it after after our 5:30 meeting. So a lot of stuff goes into it with the diet and exercise. So, well, you know. So normally, like somebody would come into the rooms of AA and, and they're new and we see them and they're not competitive bodybuilders. And I'm going to guess you were a competitive bodybuilder before you got in. Yeah. So the, the military kind of put a put a burden on all that stuff. Uh, being in, you know, with the with the Louisiana National Guard, it, um, you know, we react to state di- state disasters, hurricane relief, such, you know, stuff like that. So. Um, you know, th- those things could happen at the brink of a moment. You never know. So, um, you know, I'd always wanted to get into it, but drinking did help, did hold me back sure. you know, for a while, uh, because I was having to, to try to compensate for all that extra damage I was already doing to my body. So, yeah. So, but let me ask you this. If you, so if you took a picture of yourself 365 days ago, it doesn't sound that long, especially when you're my age, but if you took a picture of yourself 365 days ago and you held it up next to a picture of yourself today, what differences would you see? Completely different, Mike. Uh, You know, if you look at a picture, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going through pictures this morning um, and and, in comparison to how I look today. And then my face was more swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have near the white in my eyes. Um, I just looked flushed. I, I did look unhappy. You could see that fakeness on that exterior. Uh, but today it's lively, brighter, happier, joyous. Uh, it's completely different. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on you for a second. I'm going to let you expound on this. But the thing that you've done, I think Mike would agree with this, you know, you said this this was your first time through the program. You, from day one, you've gone to meetings. You got a sponsor. You did, I mean, you, you hammered service work. You're involved in everything from the get-go and always are. Is Do you feel like that's been something that's helped you? What in that process did you go, okay, I, I'm kind of in my, my area here. This is my, my deal. We know last night uh, – topic got brought up about uh having a purpose in life my and my my sponsor had brought that up and uh i didn't i didn't really feel like i had a purpose in the rooms of aa when i first got there you know because everybody knew me everybody you know was like, oh hey chris hey chris there's drew on the front porch hey chris, hey chris. you know and i'm like oh god but you know i didn't know anybody you know so i felt like i didn't belong but i felt like that was a mountain that i was going to have to climb and um, now being able to see newcomers come in the room or you just see Mike and Matt and Jennifer and Jill and Cal and Bob, you know, everybody that comes in those rooms, sure. now, you know, so, you know, you can't even go out in public and, you know, at a gas station or a grocery store. Hey, I see Mr. Ernie all the time, yeah. uh, at random places. So I'm glad I'm not out there doing things I'm not supposed to be doing, <laughs> but, yeah, but it, we're it's, everywhere. It, they're everywhere, literally. But, um, but now I feel like I do have a purpose and, uh, you know, that was one thing they asked me in treatment um, was, you know, what's your purpose in life? And, and mine was to just 
help somebody else that's going down the same path that I'm going down. So, well, you have definitely jumped in with us and and our bunch, and man, you just taking the bull by the horns, and uh, we're all we're all super proud of you, man. I was excited to get up today and knew you had a year, man. I remember that too, and, and nothing better, you know. Did you that's text a good him? Feeling. I did. did yeah. I didn't. I forgot. I did. I told him <laughs> he had the. Second nicest male physique <laughs> in the Koala Club behind me is what I told him. So, no, I didn't. I'll settle for third. I mean, right, Mike would man. be third. That's right. Know, so, uh, a lot of pressure around that first year. Um, you know, I think it was, I, I don't think it was. Um, it was almost like trying to prove a point, but at the same time, not, I don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. You know, I I got tired of doing for everybody else and, and not doing for me. Sure. You know, because, yeah, I, I did make my family and others around me suffer uh, for what I put them through. But, I mean, look at what it did to me. Right. You know? And if I didn't take this serious, then there's only two places I would have been. Yeah. You know, so. And it's weird how we have to take care of ourselves to take care of everybody else, you know. That's right. If we don't do that, we're not we're not helping them. So I used to live on that pity that pity potty all the time, and you know, poor pitiful me, and you know, and and said, man, I wish I would have done this, or man, I wish I would have done that, and where could I be? And blah. none of that stuff mattered anymore. It didn't. It matters what I do today that'll affect my outcome tomorrow. So. You know, both of you guys. Um, both of you bring your kids to AA meetings whenever, you know, whenever you need to, whenever you have a, sure. have watch, you know, it's, it's day for you to have the children or you pick them up or you're going to take them places. Um, have you ever asked your kids or talked to them, Chris, about what, what do you think about being there at that club? <laughs> Y'all see Emmy all the time. Uh, she's six. And so, you know, at first, uh, first few minutes I brought her to, there was, there was a birthday. So, oh, yeah. you know, there was cake. Yeah. And uh, she was real interested, you know, uh, those first few times I brought her. And then, you know, six, seven times thereafter, there was no cake. And so she was like, well, Daddy, um, where's the cake? Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> you know, so uh, then it, it became, uh, can I watch your phone? Can I watch your phone? But she didn't really ask any questions. Um, she sees Matt and Bobby. She and knows Cal everybody. Time. She knows everybody. Yeah. And uh, she's real, real quick to give everybody hugs. And, uh, you know, she saw Phil. You know, she yeah. gives him a hug every time she sees him. So, uh, and then uh, my, I think the, my oldest, it, it had a pretty big impact on her uh, because she, she was able to see uh, most of my actions. Um, and it, but it's, it's not too often I'm able to bring her, you know, she's got, you know, cheer stuff going on or whatever going on after school curricular, after, you know, school or extracurricular activities. So, uh, but I, I think with her, it, it makes the biggest difference are you more now that you're sober are you more involved in your children's lives and activities oh and absolutely I, I don't i don't miss a beat i mean am i I'm, even even drunk chris made it to all their functions but i was drunk yeah, I, yeah. you know yeah <laughs> either i didn't remember it or you know but now it's nice to be able to to see it for what it is sure you know sure you're kind of more a little more present even though mentally you're absolutely you know so well I, I know i would always try to attend you know whatever it was my kids had going on but there was always the fear 
from you know their mother and from them you know what's what's he gonna do so very unpredictable behavior whenever you're um in that state even even in even if you're dry you know i I would stay dry for the whole day in order to go to a family Mm -hmm. function but you know there's that you know we talk about in the book the restless irritable and discontented person that is there watching it you know and lord help you if you're if you're watching a baseball game or something you know you're that guy that will ferrell is on saturday night live you know you know the skit i'm talking (laughs) about where he's making a a complete (laughs) ass of himself at the at the sake of his children so you know i I would imagine going now be you know a lot more to them and over the course of time you know that fear starts to diminish and and then you just become a dad you know, which is that's a pretty good feeling. It is a it pretty really good feeling. Is. And you know the deal too, man, with kids. Like I've noticed with mine, and and my little one didn't start coming into about when Emmy did, like yeah. this past year, you know. And um, my other two, one of my sons comes some because he's younger. My teenager, I don't know, she she may have been up for an eating thing or something yeah. occasionally, but they don't know that much about it, you know. But my little one loves it same way, man. She knows everybody. What's up? Let's have some cake. So. Now, now, my middle one, the uh, the eleven year old, she uh, she's, you know, we had to have a, a a sit down conversation here a couple of months ago because, um, you know, she didn't. When I started bringing them into the rooms of AA, uh, and I didn't require them to sit there and listen. If they wanted to go in the back room and play or watch their phone or something, that was fine. But, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> she. She got to a point where she was telling all her friends, you know, oh, my dad's got to meet me. He's got a meeting. You know, I got to, I can't, I can't come over. I can't do this because my dad's got a meeting. And, um, and they were to ask, what, well, what is it? Oh, it's just AA, you know, and they didn't know what it meant. So they'd go home and ask their parents. And, you know, so my oldest, uh, you know, so like, hey, you're going to have to have a talk with Braylon because she's telling everybody, you know, her daddy's a drunk. <laughs> he goes to AA meetings, you know, but you know, nobody, no, no question. I mean, no questions were ever asked. No parents ever approached me. And, you know, so, uh, I can appreciate that, but I, I did have to break it down to the whole, the whole an, anonymity thing. Right, way right. She, she understood that, you know, what kind of goes on in those rooms isn't really to be talked about, but if you have any questions pertaining to it, then, you know, hit me up, let me know. Sure. You think there'll ever come a time when one of your kids may need AA? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just learning from what I've been through or, and, you know, I, I, I don't know if this thing's hereditary, you know, I'd like to think that a part of it is even with just addiction and period. Um, but, uh, but I, I'd like, I'd like them to be able to look back and, 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 and remember these times, you know? And, and to man, to top that or, or to add on to that, I have two older kids that are grown, you know, and we were talking about this the other day and somebody was like, Hey, are you, do you hope your kids wind up in AA? And I said, I just hope that it's here right. like it is now if they need it, you know, that's, that's what I want to see happen. So, um, they get to live their life and yeah. my son's in Port Polk right now. He's 20, 22 yeah. and they're going out every weekend. All his army <laughs> buddies. And he goes, Hey dad, we've been going down to LSU. Have you ever heard a place called Tigerland?" I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, son, before you were even born, I'd heard of Tigerland, but that's his own discovery to make. That's, that's, where, right. that's where Siegfried and Roy used to dance, isn't it? Yeah, there's some dancing down there. I don't know about those two cats, dancing. but, uh, yeah, so so he gets to make his own uh, his own decisions right. there. But 
But uh, but it hopefully it'll be there for him if he needs it or any of them. So. Absolutely. So Chris, being sober for a year, and you know it's pretty much well after ninety days, you know going back out is a choice. It's no longer um, it's no longer something that someone's just gonna just go do and and not have any control over. You know it's it's absolute choice. Yeah. Um, but after being sober for three hundred sixty five days. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and one is, what do you like about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous? Just the camaraderie. You know, I, I've been used to that for the last, you know, 20 years being in the service, and, uh, you know, the, the brotherhood in this program is yeah. just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, I can deal with family and, and friends um, outside of this program that, you know, will tell me, oh, man, it's 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 been a few months, man. You can handle a couple. Um, and I mean, I jump right on it. I, I jump on that train. Like it was no big deal, but I've never come into the rooms of AA. And granted when, when I made the decision to, to go to treatment, uh, I absolutely had no compulsion, uh, no obsession to ever want to drink again. Um, but had I thought about it, um, and brought it up into the rooms of AA. I, 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 I've never heard anybody in the rooms of AA say, yeah, man, hey, let's go have a drink. You know, nobody's nobody's ever done that in these rooms. Um, so I, I, I have not crossed that path, um, you know, to where I've, I've, I've felt the need to want to drink. I, at this point, I just, I just don't want to do it anymore, you know. Uh, Lost the obsession. Yeah. Is there anything you don't like about it? No. At this point, I mean, there's, you know, there's there's some quirks about you know certain folks, you know, uh, but uh, I like the times, I like the camaraderie, I like the fellowship, I like the fact that we have big book studies, I like the fact that we have step studies, um, I like the fact that everything's very detailed uh, because that's what I'm used to uh, in the service, and uh, I like that everything's on time. Um, I like the purpose behind that i mean that's that's probably the biggest thing that i love about the rooms of age is just the purpose behind it always a solution to a problem so i got i got one here you you and my other buddy and we know your sponsor and he's got two of y'all are real <laughs> close at sobriety level and y'all started raising that hand you're probably gonna get to do that today <laughs> to start sponsoring what do you think about that going in with no no sponsees what do you think that's going to be like are you kind of I was so I, nervous I, about I, it. I think that, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's. I'm in agreement with that. I'm nervous about it um, because it's 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 not it's not the same, <laughs> right? right. Um, but uh, you know, I, I had a I had a phone call the other day. Um, I don't know if I was telling you guys or not, but I had a phone call. I was on the uh, the list for um, central office, central office, yeah. and uh, and I had a guy call, and <clears throat> he told me. You know, he was having some issues. And he was new to the area, and uh, and uh, was looking for like a Zoom meeting. Well, unfortunately, I just had no, you know, experience in Zoom meetings whatsoever. Uh, and I'm a one-on-one -on -one kind of person, guy. Um, you know, I like to see results. I don't, I, don't, I don't like. I could I could screw off in the background. You know, right, like, right. I'm doing a Zoom meeting or something. But uh, but anyway, so I get to talking to this guy. And it was about a forty-minute conversation, and. Uh, he asked me a little bit about myself, and I answered his questions and uh, let him know how much sobriety that I had, and 
you know, just I happen to ask him, you know, how how many how, how many years of sobriety do you have? And he just said the number eight. And uh, anyways, by the time the conversation was over with, and I did more listening than I did talking because I'd never gotten a call like that before. He told me I'd sounded like a salesman, and that's not how AA worked. And uh, I didn't know whether to get my feelings hurt or to get disgruntled or angry. And I was like, well, man, like right around the corner, I'm going to be sponsoring people. Like I, like I should probably talk to my sponsor about this. And I did. I, I called him. Uh, we talked that later on during that day and I'll let I him know. I can what only happened, imagine but... what he's saying. <laughs> I'm going to go into specifics, but you know, he, he, you know, he did break it down, you know, certain things, uh, uh, because it did kind of mess up my scheduling, you know, uh, what I thought was going to be a five minute phone call turned into, you know, 40 minutes. But, uh, but, you know, he gave me some pointers here and there and, and, and told me the right thing to do and said, you know, don't let it get you down. And, you know, you're going to deal with stuff like that. So, sure. um, yeah. And you are, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be the wild west a yeah. little bit, you yeah. know, it's kind of, it's kind of strange, man. Right. But, but you, I think you'll too, the program you worked in the program, your, your sponsor and we know him and he's strong program guy absolutely when that arises and this is what i've had with me and and you start with somebody new you're just like oh i've been here before i've done this you know and and he did tell me early on you know when we were working the steps um you know it was a couple of things that got brought up and he 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 made sure to tell me listen man i'm not gonna have all the answers so you know i am gonna have to run this by you know my sponsor your grand sponsor and uh and i'll get back with you and he did that he did exactly that so i was very uh respective and uh and I, that was a that was a damn good answer for me sure. you know to, to have to run it by somebody else and and to say hey i'm i don't have all the answers so i can appreciate that i can tell you from from my personal experience that i did not experience the full effect of recovery until I started working with sponsees. I, I just did not, you know, I, I felt the way you feel today, you know, and I felt good, life was good, and things were headed in the right direction. And I could see, you know, the light. And, and I knew if I just kept doing what I was doing, I was going to be okay. And, you know, the the big book talks about, and it says it in a couple places, talks about being rocketed into the fourth dimension, you know. And um, I'm not going to compare it to rocketed or fourth dimension or anything like that, but I will tell you that when I got my first sponsee, something clicked. There's just some part of it that I just kind of, it all kind of came together. And I understood each one of those steps up on that wall just a little better. And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous does not tell us to get a sponsor. There's nowhere in the book. What it does do is teach us to be sponsors. And, man, once we go through those 12 steps and we, we start sponsoring somebody, each one of those steps starts to take on even more meaning. And, and it never diminishes a step. What it does is it enhances each one of them and kind of eliminates any any porous area that may have been formed when we were doing them ourselves. It kind of fills those pores with, with uh, you know, to, for lack of a better term, it fills them with the spirituality that was needed in, in working with somebody. And, you know, I remember thinking to myself, I, I, I was 
still worried a little bit after my first year about, you know, maybe finding myself drunk one day. And I remember thinking, I can't get drunk. I've got, <laughs> I've got people I've got to be yeah. working with, you know. Yeah. Of course, at that time, too, I was still a fixer. I felt like I was, you know, no human power can fix somebody. But I felt like I was a fixer, you know. Yeah. Had good luck with my first one. And, you know, and he's still sober today. And that's been... Oh, he's probably got 11 years. That's awesome. Yeah, he's probably got, right now, He well, I say that. I'm coming up on 12, and it was the day of my first birthday. I raised my hand, and he approached me afterwards, and I started sponsoring him. So he's coming up on 11, and I'm coming up on 12. He'll have a few days. Yeah. That is awesome. That was number one. Um, Number two through... 750 i i can't couldn't tell you you know <laughs> wow and you guys are from the same sponsor tree right yes sir yeah. okay yeah, have you ever heard the word sponsor tree oh, yeah i have yeah. not you've never heard of it never so heard of it. so your sponsor Me is and cal have the same sponsor so your sponsor is right. cal and cal and As bobby yeah, yeah. Bobby so you bobby. guys are kind of like and when it comes to a recovery program you're kind of related yeah and and you can tell the sponsor trees in AA. It is kind of, yeah. But however, when you really get to looking it back, looking at it, it kind of always has this same lineage. So it can kind of like humanity it can always be tracked back to somebody. Yeah. But when you track it back to that one person, that one person has a lot of recovery. And I mean, I mean, solid recovery. Like we're not talking about quantity we're talking about quality anytime you can track it back because most of the time i say anytime i shouldn't have said that but most of the time it can be tracked back to one person and and their recovery is is really solid um you know i had a uh sponsee a sponsor and his name was dale and he's gone now and he uh he had a sponsor and his sponsor sponsored phil so when my sponsor passed away Phil took over for my sponsor and was mm-hmm. my sponsor at that point. And Phil had the same sponsor. So I didn't change grand sponsors. Oh, I, okay. I still had Phil. And then, of course, I moved down to New Orleans. And, and whenever I moved, I picked up another sponsor. And, and you know, sponsorship is huge. And it does make this, uh, you know, and it makes t- the 12th step a whole lot easier whenever you do actually sponsor someone and, and you know, it, it's a matter of opinion whether you have to sponsor someone to practice the 12th step because it says try to carry the message. It doesn't say anything about, you know, and I'm not going to get into a debate about it, especially as there's no controversy on yeah. this thing. So, but, um, but it does make a complete difference. So from 365 days ago to today, how do you feel? <laughs> like a new man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, um, I just, I, the amount of happiness that that has overcome me today yeah. is, is just uh, almost overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but I just can't, I can't explain it. And I'm going to tell you what Joe B told me. He's told me this every year. He always on, on a year deal comes up to me and he tells me something. And this is what he told me. And I've told a few of you guys, and I told Ben this. I'm just passing along what he said. This is not me. But he's right. Year one, you just kind of held on for the ride. You're like, hey, dude. I'm I'm getting this, I'm doing it, whatever that entails. Year two to three is where you're going to start growing, yeah. and it's going to go real fast. You're going to be like, oh, man. <laughs> In about 18 months, you're going to look back and go, oh, man, I didn't know nothing my first year, you know. <laughs> yeah. You do. And then, and then now, I, I mean, I'm a few years in it, and I look back and I'm like, 
it's just so different. Right. And and you you won't notice it at first, but you're gonna start, and it gets cool, man. So that, that light bulb will go off. It, man, look, you you've done something that a lot of people don't get the chance or the opportunity to do, and I think it's just as cool cool as can be. So, but uh, well, I, I this is why I wanted to um, to interview you prior to you know the celebration we're gonna have down at the Koala Club and family and friends coming in, and you know in the the emotion and the elation that goes through all of that, you know and and actual people who've seen you every day getting to see that. You know, I wanted to sit down and talk to Raw Chris, yep. you know, before he, he went to a meeting and and discuss it. Because there's some newcomer out there, right, that's going to hear this at some point. And, and it's not because it's such a dang good podcast <laughs> or that it they're going to hear it because they were meant to hear it. Yeah. And it may hit some cylinder somewhere where, you know, they can hear about somebody's first year in AA, you know, and then we've talked about on our, our regular show, we've talked about, you know, the first meeting and how we felt, and we, we've dug into emotions, the sponsor, and getting that sponsor and how we felt, and life after we got into AA, you've covered all of that basically right. on this on this interview here, and, um, and you know, and you have actually, have you gone to CADA? You've gone to CADA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know. I started going, I think, what, six months? Yeah, you you Fish, went pretty quick. Like that. Um, that is that is a truly humbling experience right yeah. there. Um, but it, it's 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 great to be able to see uh, repeat offenders are the same. You know, is a choice word to use, but um, but there's a lot of folks that you know that I've seen in the six months that I've been going to Cato that if you know graduated Cato and then return two or three more times and uh you know for those guys to come by oh man i remember you from you know four months ago um and uh man i'm gonna i'm gonna see you at the koala club when i get out this time i'm I'm coming i'm coming in there for real this time um but uh i think think what it gives you is also is that the action we put the action in and so for every 200 of those guys that come up and go hey man i'm gonna call you when i get out i'm coming to a meeting (laughs) two they yeah. actually go to one meeting at the Koala Club when they get out, you know, and then those guys end up sitting here with the ears right. sobriety because yeah. they, they get out and do what, what everybody tells them to do. We yeah. all say the same thing. Pretty basic, isn't it? It is. It really, is. really basic. Um, it's, it's action. You know, I thought there was a lot of, this was like textbook type stuff, you know, um, you know, because, I, you know, I'm a simple creature, you know, I, I like to see results right off the bat and, uh, I just kept getting told, you know, don't leave before the miracle happens. And, uh, well, here I am, you know, so. Man, I think, uh, I think there's great things to come for you in, in life and in this program. And I am kind of anxious to see your sponsor tree, how that's going to continue. Uh, cause I think you'll do a great job with it. And, uh, I know Mike and I both are super proud of you and you're a, you're a great addition to our group for sure. Absolutely. I look forward to having you back on the show and we're not going to wait till you make two years. You get to, <laughs> you get to pop in here whenever we, uh, need another co-host or another host or, you know, somebody with some, uh, me and Matt may start another podcast just on physical fitness <laughs> in case you need advice. Mike That's and I right, think yeah. like, I was already thinking bodybuilding, you know, yeah. a lot of people think I use steroids when they look at me, but I don't, this is all natural, dude. It's all natural. Yeah. Yeah. 
They find so that hard to believe. People look at me and they think hemorrhoids. So Wait, I, is, I see is it. Is bluebell considered a steroid? Well, if yeah. Yeah, yeah I, at one point okay. I thought but I was going to star on a hemorrhoids commercial. Ooh. Um, that's that's just a that's another episode. <laughs> that yeah. A different podcast. Yeah, that's a that's on our, our other podcast. <laughs> but you know, you do you get to laugh today. <laughs> yeah. There's there's not a whole lot that keeps us from laughing. No. No, anything for sheer comedy. You know, that's this, the motto. This this is what I've learned, man. Everything so long for me was so serious through through alcohol and drugs and it was just um it was just a battle, you know, and restless irritable and discontent. Yeah. And we come in there, man, and probably the biggest thing I like is just the laughing every day. Somebody's always saying something, doing something funny. It's never mean spirited, but uh yeah, we, we do, man. We have a good time. I, I, so. I love the humor. Um uh, and I just uh, there's not a day that I'm not coming to a meeting where I, I don't get some humor into it. That's right. Uh, it's it, it's it literally every day. So I, I I'd rather be surrounded by laughs and happiness and solutions rather sure. than problems and frowns and crying and you know I mean that stuff's to come sure but uh, we can get past that. Sure. You know there's there's there is the person who comes in and. And they definitely don't want to deter this person, but they come in and they say, let me tell you about my day. And, and they tell you about their day, and it was pretty bad, and yeah. they're pretty down about it. Well, you know, if that person continues to have those kind of days every day, it's not the day. It's, no, it's right. the person. And we learn in Alcoholics Anonymous that, uh, you know, we are the problem, and we have a solution, a common solution that we that we share with each other on how to get through some of these things. And, and if we choose not to listen, then we can continue to do the things that are bringing us down. You know, if we choose to listen, we can, you know, do the things that, that get us out of some of those emotions and those ideas. And so. you can, you can, uh, by that same token, you can go in that room in the evening, you come in for a meeting, it's been a meat grinder day, you're beat up, and then somebody sits down and they, They've lost a loved one or yeah. something real serious Absolutely, happened, yeah. and I just go, "Okay, shut up, you idiot! Like, bad. ain't nothing wrong you with know? you. Roll on." Yeah. And I'm I'm over it, you know. And right. and then I think it's that helping another alcoholic, but mm -hmm. you're like, man, I have such empathy and stuff for that person. You forget right. about your own junk. So, well, again, for me, Chris, congratulations on making one year. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Um, I think we're gonna go ahead and sign out and head down and have a uh, one a year cake. birthday party. Yeah. Shoot. Happy right. birthday, man. Thank Until you. next time, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm.